Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grab Matters Podcast. Today we welcome on a very special guest, Tony Iacconi. Tony Iacconi is a professional wakeboarder from Australia. He currently resides in Orlando, Florida. Uh, he's predominantly riding on the boat side of things, currently doing a lot of coaching, uh, still dabbling a little bit in contests. So we talk a lot about coaching, contests, sponsorships, changing sponsors, contracts, all the good stuff. And as always, if you want to support the podcast, make sure to hit that Patreon. Um, you guys can go ahead and see who the guests are early there and submit questions for them. Um, and I'll ask them here on the podcast, uh, as well as scooping some merch up on the website. So if you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, it means a lot to me, helps a lot. Um, otherwise, just keep liking and sharing everything. That's huge to get the podcast out. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. I all right we're back with another episode of the grab matters podcast today we welcome on a very special guest tony iacone tony how's it going it's going good here on the grab matters podcast i'm excited a little nervous first podcast but should be fun <laughs> <laughs> love it dude all right first question wake pants yes or no uh sure if you're into it great i personally wouldn't rock them Unless something crazy happened, I woke up and go, I might wear wake pants, but I'm not a, I'm not against them, not for them, just kind of in the middle. Okay. <laughs> not fully about it, but yeah. not against them. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. Favorite grab? Uh, method. I mean, it's pretty hard to do a good method. So when I do one, it feels good. I like it. It looks good. So yeah, probably method. Method. Okay. Mm-hmm. You ever done a switch method? Oh, I've probably tried. Probably haven't you tried? It's, pro- it's probably a melon, not a method. <laughs> a little tweak, maybe. But yeah. I've been trying about the cable, and it's yeah, there. It's a mm-hmm. it's a weird weird trick for sure. Um, all right, should a three sixty be called a helicopter? Uh, no. But once you start getting into the ten eighties, that should be called a triple heli. Because I know when I first landed my <laughs> first ten eighty, everyone was like, "The triple heli, he's done it," you know. And then when like Corey and those guys were doing it. And we're at the contest, we'll call it the triple heli. But a single heli doesn't sound right. Triple heli sounds cool. What about a double? 720? Uh, or just when you hit the 1080 mark? Probably 1080, I think. Just 1080? Yeah. Okay. Triple heli. Triple, double. Double could work, but it's like triple heli's cool. 720, then mm-hmm. you move into the heli. Yeah. 900, two and a half helis. Uh, all right, let's, let's uh, dive back to the early days. So kind of run us through where you're from. Uh, so I'm from Newcastle, Australia. I started wakeboarding in 2005. I was eight years old. My parents, they always had boats, so we were kind of going out there on the lakes, kneeboarding, skiing, tubing, doing all that. And my dad had a crew that he would ride with on a Friday, just when wakeboarding was kind of getting started in Australia. And he didn't want to be the guy to bring his son along. So then we tried it a couple of times out on our boat just with the family. I started getting good at it, and then he started bringing me along too, like he's... They called it like the Friday session. Him and his friends kind of go out there every Friday. They would pack a couple of beers and just ride, ride for the afternoon. And that's pretty much how I got started. And actually where I grew up riding is where Harley Clifford grew up riding as well. So going there more and more, we started riding together, doing all that. And that's kind of how I got into competitive wakeboarding as well. So you were riding with Harley? Yeah, probably for three to four years every day. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah not, people, not many people know that. He, everyone thinks he's from the Gold Coast, but he's from Newcastle. I didn't know that. Okay, so what age would you say that you were first getting on the water was? Uh, eight, seven, eight, maybe, maybe seven. Okay. Yeah, and then I started competing pretty early. It's probably like a year in. They had a world title in 2005 on the Sunshine Coast, and I went and competed in that, and I ended up getting third in the under nine boys. And then 
kind of competing at a state level, national level, and then started coming to the states. We went we we went to the states in 2006 actually. You did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you went that early. Yeah. Okay, so immediately though, once you get into it, you're starting competing. In- yeah, just because my parents were always like every weekend, whenever they could get off work, they would go and be on the boat. So that's what we did. Okay, and what kind of boat? What was that first boat you guys had? It was a Lewis Outback, which was like a center mount boat, just a ski boat. Okay. And then after a couple of years, my dad and his buddy they ended up getting an X Star. Before they were kind of even get coming into the country, there was a guy that was importing them, and he brought like three or four of them over. So my my dad and one of his buddies bought two of them. Interesting. All right. So you're you're in Australia. Mm-hmm. Probably you said first boat was ski boat. Ski seven. boat. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys like sacking that out after you start um, riding a little bit, or? I mean, yeah. After probably two or three years, because I was, I might have been doing my first flip. No, I don't even think I was doing my first flip when we got that boat. Okay. So I was probably just using stock ballast for then, and then. We had it for a while, probably like six or seven years, and then wow. by the end of the time, by the end, by the time we sold it, we were sacking it out quite, a, quite, quite a bit. But what's crazy, or another story, is um, 2005 or six, Liquid Force came down to shoot. What was that movie? Um, before push, it was around push process time. 2006. It wasn't Relentless, was it? No, it was after Relentless. It was after Relentless. Can't remember what it's sense. called though. But they, they come down and we used my boat really? to film that because Harley was sponsored by Liquid Force and there wasn't many like X Stars in the country. So and everyone at the time wanted to ride behind an X Star, I'm pretty sure. So that's what we used my boat for that. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before that though, when you're growing up, did you I I, I missed it. Did you guys say you lived on the water? No, we li- water? I mean we lived on a canal, but you couldn't really get your boat there. So we we trailered our boat, it was probably like forty minutes to go to use the river. Because we lived on a saltwater lake. It's fed from the ocean. Yeah. So we didn't use that a whole lot because we didn't want to put the boat in the salt. So we trailed it at 40 minutes to go to the river, which was like brackish a little bit. Okay. And that lake, is that lake salt water? Yeah, or brackish? completely salt. Okay. Yeah, but you rode in that lake quite a bit? Yeah, I did, I did towards like, yeah, the, well, not with that boat. We got a Malibu not long after getting rid of the X-Star and we rode that on the salt water just because it was a cheaper boat. And we could get away with a little bit of salt water corroding here and there. Yeah, it kind of beats the crap yeah. out of your boat there. Yeah. So I guess it's a good time to talk about it. What's the difference between riding in freshwater and salt water? Um, I always thought the crashes didn't hurt as much in the salt. But people say otherwise. Because really? I feel like you float a little more on salt because it's not as, what do you call dense maybe? It's, it's more buoyant or yeah, whatever? Yeah, more buoyant. Okay. So the wake felt softer, but yeah, the crashes didn't hurt as much. Okay. Is there any difference in like pop or your edge or anything that you notice a little bit like yeah because you're floating i guess you got to use your edge a little bit more but i mean i was used to it people that didn't ride salt a lot weren't used to it but i mean i went back and forth all the time i went to the river i went to the salt so i could kind of i was pretty good with it okay i was i've always been curious because i've asked a couple of people and they're they're like uh you know i don't really know i haven't ridden enough salt water but it seems like you rode quite a bit of both so you kind of had uh had some differences um what were some riders you looked up to back then you know, before you kind of got sponsored and everything? I mean, I, I like watching Trevor Henson ride, even from a young age, just him. I guess I met him at a young age too because he was coming over to Australia doing some clinics, doing that. Uh, Josh Sanders actually was a – he was a big part in how we got kind of started. Not started, but like kind of half – a couple of years in, we met him from doing clinics, traveling around. I actually did a – grade three speech on josh sanders and i and i won 
the school and went to the semi the final or semi-finals at another school and lost <laughs> for the speech for the speech yeah it must have been pretty it good was though. it was wake it was all about like josh anders telling him coming out of the gates with like an ohh or something and then just kind of getting into him how i knew him and then it was like two minutes or something okay pretty good though yeah it was good interesting uh did you watch any any wakeboard movies back then oh, all the time so because okay. like we drove 40 minutes to go to the river to ride and we had like a little what do they call it, a little screen in the car we'd put wakeboard movies on every time there and back and we'd watch i don't know whatever it was that was on cd you got any favorites from back then push process was cool i like that one a lot um what else was there i'm, tr- I'm trying to think the truth is oh the, the okay truth, the yes. truth that one yeah Okay. With Ben Greenwood, we had the yes. opening section. That that was probably the best section in wakeboarding for a long time. I think. Yeah. You you replayed that one a lot. Yeah, a lot. Okay. A lot. Love it. That's sick that you're watching yeah. movies on the way to the lake. It's yeah, kind of get us all hyped up. We're all family in the car, or if we're going up on a Friday, all the friends would be in, dad's friends would be in the car. So it was cool. Yeah, I guess forty minutes. I mean, it's not yeah. super long, but it's enough time. Yeah. to Especially back then, that's like a perfect wakeboard yeah. movie length. Um. All right. So you're riding a lot. Mm-hmm. When do you start getting attention from some sponsors? Probably by the time I was 12, maybe 11. Cause I progressed. I learned my first invert. Then I progressed really, really quick and learned like all the base inverts, all the five forties. And then when it come time for like mobs and stuff like that, I kind of like, it was, I was like 11, maybe 12. So I was a little scared, you know? So yeah. it kind of took some time, not some time off, but just kind of stayed at the same level for maybe a year or so. Learned my first mob and then just kind of, went crazy and learned all these different mobs so probably by the time i was 12 i think what was that first mob chrome mob okay. i think and i only landed one of them and then could never land it again and then it was and then i did tootsie then i did dum dums and i did roller blind kgb and then got the chrome mob back okay yeah <laughs> i feel like chrome mob is a pretty common first yeah. one because you're doing so many scarecrow scarecrow yeah. scarecrow and then you get chrome up yeah okay so when is the first time that you you said you went to the states in 2006, in 2006 so it was under nines i think my last year under nine boys and i think it was in dallas texas at the so somewhere in fort worth so fort worth and that was under nines i was riding with noel flegel actually was in the same division i believe he got second i got third and a kid named blake payton got first he doesn't ride anymore okay he did for a few years after that so that's what you went to america for yeah yeah we did like a two-week vacation me and my dad we actually stayed at Josh Sanders' house in Orlando on Jessamine, and we were just riding there for two weeks, then went over to Texas for the the event, and then flew home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So come over, get a third, yep. head back. Not bad. It's pretty good for a, for a little kid yep. doing it. Um, okay, so you said you are getting some attention from sponsors after yep. you start landing some mobs. Mm-hmm. So who does that look like? Who's uh, At first, I was sponsored by Liquid Force, and Liquid Force was like my board sponsor, just local, like not locally, but... Australia, so a rep or a distributor was sponsoring me, and then I was with Wing Wetsuits, I think. So Amber Wing, okay. her family has a wetsuit company, Wing Wetsuits. I was with them for a while, and then I think I got approached by Jet Pilot, and then I rode for Jet Pilot for a long time, up until like three years ago. I was going to say it yeah. has to be pretty recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So were any of those deals like Liquid Force or Wing? Was that any money, or was that just no, pure, just, just, product? just product? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, still riding competing a lot i'm assuming um when was the next time you came over to the united states 2008 okay 2008 yeah and, and that what, was, what did that look like that was that was a family vacation actually so 
the first 2006 was just me and my dad and then the sec the 2008 the whole family come over and we went to Oklahoma's where Worlds was and then I think we came to Orlando after that we flew straight to Oklahoma competed and then flew to Orlando did like two weeks here and then went home okay I'd, and that was my first year of 10 to 13 boys so there was Dowdy was in that division Jeez. Kyle Evans at the time was there and I think there was a bunch of gun riders in there and I think I made finals and I was happy we were happy with finals because we're we were in Australia training through the winter to be able to ride in world so every all these guys over here are in their peak season end of summer they've been training all year and we're like freezing cold not freezing but it's like water's like 50 to 55 not ideal so conditions. it's cold okay so what's yeah. your what's your tricks and your passes looking like for this uh, this time I think I was 10 I think I landed my first cab 5 in that event so I think I did all the base invert scarecrow rotor revert probably couldn't do a tantrum I didn't do tantrums for a long time and then yeah there's a couple of threes maybe switch three and then that cab five because i remember landing that cab five okay why didn't you do tantrums for so long? i hated them don't know i just couldn't i was good on my train i could do double backflips on a trampoline but i was just too scared to throw them on a, on a wakeboard that's interesting i, I did guess, a tootsie roll before i did tantrum that's so weird yeah <laughs> so weird did you do a front heel fronty before you learned a tantrum no no i, I don't say. think so okay that would be so. wild um, okay, so when's the when's the time you came over and lived with uh, Trevor Hansen? When was I that? was what was I four, 15, 14 or fifteen? Okay, so a few years after yeah, both I think those trips, I was, we we did a couple of other trips in between that. I'm pretty sure too. Okay, yeah, because I competed. I'm trying to think, that was 2008, 2009 Worlds. Yeah, I, I won actually. I come we come over for 2009 Worlds, and I won that 10 to 13 division mm-hmm. that year. Then we come back and I was still, I think I was only, I was 11 when I won that 10 to 13 division. And then when I come back over, I was 12, but I competed in junior men and I won junior men when I was 12. Okay. But it was before junior, oh, no, it was after they split and went junior pro. So I was like, I had the KGB, dum dum, fives, all that. So I, that's when I competed in junior men. And then there was still junior pro. Okay. And then the next year I went junior pro. And wow. I think that next year when I went to junior pro is when I come over to Trevor's. Okay. So that would have been 2011 or 2012. So you're doing really well though. Mm-hmm. You win, go back, win again in the next level up, I guess, yeah. and then go back again. So yeah. at that point, has anybody signed you to like a deal where you're starting to get paid now? I think the first year, I think I came to Trevor's and I was still riding for Liquid Force. I was on like their what, global team, I think it's yeah. called, but I wasn't getting paid. And then I think it was after I left Trevor's, Connolly gave me a, a contract. Okay. Yeah. And it was a pretty good contract too. I was, I was getting paid and I was... Pretty good. How, good, how good are we talking? I mean, good for a, a what, 13-year-old. <laughs> probably not good compared to what the guys are getting paid a long time ago, but it's probably like 500 a month or something okay. like that. But, but a, your first kind of real board sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. That was my money. first paying sponsor. Okay. Yeah. Connolly. And you were with them for a while. We yeah, can kind of, I was. We can dive yeah. into that a little bit. Um, okay, so let's talk about living with Trevor. So what's the landscape, I guess, of your young, your parents yeah. are like, yeah, you can go live with Trevor Hansen. Um, so the first year was cruisy because I was there for six weeks and it was just me and him, right? So, and he just had the knee injury. So, and a daughter, his daughter was born maybe two or three weeks before I got there. So it was kind of cruisy. Just we go ride. He goes in the house, kind of hangs out, relaxes. And I go to my room and hang out, watch movies or something, play Xbox. And then the next year is when I met Massey for the first... Or I met Massey in Italy, actually. 
And then, because I went to Italy for a world for IWWF world title, met him there, and then he went to Trevor's the same year I did the next year. So this this might have been 2012. Okay. Yeah. So that first time though, just you and him. Yeah. He's pulling you. Yeah, he's he, three times a day rewriting. I learned I learned quite a bunch of tricks. I can't remember exactly what I learned, but I think a skeezer was in there, maybe a tantrum blind. I had learned tantrums up since since that. Yeah. Okay. So, what's that look like with his busted knee? Is he just kind of driving the boat and then driving the car to the gas station? You're filling the tanks. Up? Yeah, pretty much. He if he didn't have to get out of the car, he didn't. I was like, and we need this many cans. I mean, he would get out, use his credit card, do whatever. But I was trying to help him as much as I could. Yeah. So you said how many times a day were? You, did I was you say riding, riding three times. Three times. Three times a day. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Morning. I was. What was I? I was twelve. Yeah, I could I could handle it. it's not that bad. Morning, afternoon, evening yeah, set or pretty much lunchtime. Yeah, morning, lunchtime. Depend on the wind too. If it was super windy in the morning, we'd try and go out and do maybe like two forty-five minute sets or something. Okay, you know, I was going to say how long would would a typical yeah set about be? thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Okay, with falls and yeah everything. Yeah, interesting. Um, so <laughs> I don't know when what age this was, but there was a night that cowboy came by which. Who who is Cowboy? I guess so. Cowboy used to work at uh, Trevor and Reed's parents' wakeboard camp, which was in Groveland, about fifteen minutes from Trevor's place. And he was kind of, he kind of just come and hung out. He was a instigator instigator of what we did a lot of the time. Not instigator. He was like he knew he couldn't do it, so he'd be like, "Yeah, you boys should do this." Motivator. Yeah, <laughs> motivator. So is there ever a time that he, he rolled by and picked you, Massey, and maybe some other guys up and uh, were out a little bit too late one night and worried Trevor a little bit? Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually, yeah. That was a funny night. How late were you guys up? Oh, it was probably oh, it was probably 2, two, two? in the morning at one, one night, yeah. A little conservative. I think yeah. Trevor was saying 3, maybe well, 4. It, but, maybe, I can't remember. It, but was, it was probably like, yeah. To your guys' credit, he did say you guys came back after a long night and road yeah that was that was the deal the like w- if we would go out and and hang out have fun we always came back and rode no matter what we like, always came back and rode so whether nice. we yeah whatever it was and if he if he found out we were getting we we're getting home late he would make us get up extra early to ride <laughs> like you want to do that this is the consequence it's a good coach yeah okay so you're in florida with him for that first time I- i'm curious how your living situation in florida evolves from that that time with trevor for mm-hmm. for a little bit to i guess the next so I live with Trevor for, I think, I can remember that first time, then with Massey and those guys for like three months. And then I might have done another half season with him and then I live with Harley Clifford for a little bit. like In the States? In the States, yeah. Probably like a couple of weeks. And then I, went, I wasn't riding as much as I thought I would be. So I went back out to Trevor's and stayed with him for a couple of weeks. And then by that time, it was like September, world is over and time for us to go home. So why weren't you riding at Harley's as much, you think? I don't know. He, he There was just so many riders there that wanted to ride. He he was kind of, that was when he was like doing really, really good, riding a ton. Everyone, he had the biggest wake in Orlando at the time. And so everyone wanted to ride with him. So you'd go up, you'd, you'd get cans and there was already six people in the boat. And you'd be like, ah, oh, maybe next time. Boat doesn't come back for four hours. <laughs> so you just kind of stuck. Was it people living with him that were riding with him? No, or just because I live with him, and then there was two Corey Tunison lived with him, or, or Brad Tunison, sorry, his brother, Corey's brother, and then I can't remember who else lived with him. 
someone else. And then, but there was just people coming over. Never a shortage of people yeah, trying never. to ride mm. with Harley behind his boat. Yeah. And what made his, I mean, why do you have the biggest wake? He just loaded it out. And I don't know if you've ever been on Jessamine, but there's two parts, there's three parts of the lake, like a cove, shallow section, lake, shallow section, cove. The boat would not get on plane unless you went through the, se- the shallow section. So we kind of used that. We loaded as much as we could, went through the shallow part, and then got it on plane. And if we were in the middle of the lake, we'd have to idle over to the shallow part to get on plane. That's, so how much weight do you think was in there? Mm. Without people, so just... Oh, there was, what was it? There was a triangle sex, or what is that, 1,000 pounds? Probably. And then another 1,000 pounds in the walkway, probably 500 pounds in each back locker, another triangle in the front. And then the stock ballast. Stock no, ballast at the time wasn't that much. Though. Yeah, so, probably not that much. So yeah. two triangles in the front? One one in the front and a triangle like against the back seat. Okay. And then like a massive sausage sack that was through the middle. Plus people. Yeah. We'd probably have to drain, shallow section, fill it back up. That's wild. Great. Mm-hmm. So he, he probably blew out a motor at some point. Had to not while I was there, but yeah, I think, I think something probably happened along the way. <laughs> Um, okay, so I don't know when you were, you might have been with Darren Shapiro earlier than, than this, but I'm curious, you ever take a, a good slam or, uh, mm-hmm. okay, let's run through your slam at Well, I don't, I don't remember it, but I was, my dad said I was doing a hillside 180 and I lift, I'm, I'm left foot forward and I lifted my left leg up and did the 180 and never brought my right leg up. So I just nose dove into the wake and just knocked out face down. I'm pretty sure my dad dove in the water with his phone wallet keys and then he's in the states can't really do anything went to the hospital i think i woke up on the way to the hospital oh that's what i remember wow so i had to get like a i think it was called a cat scan at the time so you're make sure everything was a, face everything. down in the yeah. water knocked out yeah as, as much as i i don't remember that which is kind of good because i probably wouldn't have done another hillside 180 that was two that was in the first trip 2006 when we lived with or when we were staying with Josh Sanders. And I think Josh was out of town for like a couple of days or yeah. something. So I went and rode with Darren. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Frontside 180, it'll get you. Oh, yeah. Sneak right be, up on you. Be careful. Of them and tantrums. <laughs> okay. Um, so in Orlando, you lived with Harley for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Too many people trying to get on his boat. Yeah. Not working out. Go back to Trevor's. Mm-hmm. So wh- when are you com- or where are you competing at Trevor's at this point? This is my first year of junior pro men. Junior pro. So how do yeah. you do that year? Um... I, I won two stops actually. I won okay. two junior pro stops that year. One in Branson and another one in Seattle. So, so at the time we were doing the drive system with the judging, which drive system was like, it's percentages. So you had to do a straight air. Straight air was a percentage. Spin was a percentage. Overall impression was a percentage. And then tech was a percentage. So if you won tech spin, but didn't do a straight air, you lost. You know, so because you get a zero for that, yeah. So you had to kind of play the system. So I like would try and get second, or I'd get second or second where I knew I could get second. Try and win the straight air, win the rail, and then you'd have pretty good score to get the overall uh, impression. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what drive did drive stand for something? D R I V E. No, or? but that was like drive. Like I, that's just how they went off. They called it drive. Okay, so, and and it screwed a lot of people over. Like people that rode really good should have won, didn't win because of this weird. Yeah. Was it only for that year then? No, they did it for a long time, I think. Really? Yeah, like even the, I think the first couple of years I was pro, maybe. No, I think they stopped it as I went pro in 2014. 
Okay, so how many years did you ride junior pro? Two, two and a half years. Two I did like a half season. The first time I come, oh, the second time I come to Trevor's, I did like two stops, and then I did two full years. Okay, and so those junior pro like wins, those don't count as pro wins, do they? Because I mean, uh, not really. Not I mean, really. I got a guitar, I got two guitars yeah. from it. Okay, so. but. At the, there's no prize money, but Overton's they would sponsor the Junior Pro Series, which is and they'd give us like uh, gift cards for their uh, what was their they had like a equivalent to a Bass Pro. Okay, I can't remember what it was called. And uh, I know Trevor would he'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing with those gift cards?" And he'd give me cash, and I'd give him the gift card. He'd give me like a little less cash, and then he'd get more because <laughs> he can go buy whatever he like all his hunting Some stuff, hunting, and whatever, yeah, like, camouflage yeah. and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Okay, so junior pro for a little bit. Um, what was the year that you first started on the pro tour? Is that 14? 2014, yeah. Okay, and when do you get your first pro win? First pro win, 2016. So a couple of years after. Yeah, yeah. Because 2014, it was it was good. I rode good. I got a couple, I got a second in there at one of the pro tours. I finished fourth overall. And then 2015 was kind of a weird year, like. I was I wasn't as focused as I should be. I put on some weight. I was riding a lot, but I just wasn't riding to compete. I was just riding. And then I was like, get oh, I got hurt because I think I was overweight. And then I was like, I got to do something about this. And then 2016, I kind of just went like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in. Yeah, yeah. Lost a bunch of weight. One, I think three or four pro events. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. 2016 after this. So run yeah. us through the injury and it was 2015. Yeah, I was on the cable and I did a double off a kicker and kind of come, my body was over my toes, but my board was fine, I think. And just knee, uh, not knee, ankle, n- nothing crazy, but just put me out for like six weeks. Just like a just sprained like ankle a or sprained something? Or, or, no, bro- uh, I broke the bottom of the leg, tibia maybe, fibia. Okay. But it was like nothing serious. It was easy come back just stay off yeah. it for a while like in a little boot or whatever what cable was that logan cable park in gold coast okay logan cable ski maybe did you ride quite a bit of cable i did i did um i don't know maybe this is a question you can ask me at some point but uh my dad actually built me a cable like actually it was the first year i come over to trevor's while i was over here because my dad's in excavation so that's what he does for a living, D- digs holes, flats, does all that sort of stuff. So he had a property about 45 minutes from our house and I didn't know, but he was digging a lake. And then he got, he put a two tower system in there and he picked me up from the airport from coming home from the States from Trevor's and he wanted, he goes, oh, I got to go look at something at the property. I'm like, no, I'm tired. I want to go home. You know, I've been, I've just been on the plane for 24 yeah, hours. I want to go home. Day. And he's like, no, quickly. I'm like, no, I want to go home. And then we get out there and I was like, holy crap. And I think I rode it for like probably two, three hours, just up and back, down and back by myself. Okay. So how far is this property from, it's a good time to talk about this cable, but how far is this property from your house? You said 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So about the same drive as the Yeah. And it was, it was close to the river. So we'd go, we'd go to the river, ride a set and then go to the cable and hang out, just ride a little bit of rails and that sort of thing. And then. If we were feeling good, we'd go back and ride some ride some boat in the afternoon. So your dad surprised you with a yeah a two tower cable. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it was pretty cool. Were there, were there there were features in it when you got there? Yeah, there was a kicker and a rooftop. No, it wasn't a rooftop at the time. It was some. It was like a up, across, down, and then like a, a rainbow at the end. Okay. And it was cool, but you could only ride it once. I mean, you could you could ollie up, but it was like a I was 
young, so I couldn't, not young, but I was like, couldn't ollie that high. Yeah. So I just rode it one way. And uh, we ended up changing it and turning it into a rooftop. Okay. Because it was just, people would hit it and just almost hurt themselves pretty bad. Yeah, and also, let's hit this both yeah. ways, might as well. Yeah. Okay, so fascinating to have a private, is it, it's a private? Yeah, private, private, yeah. A lot of people knew about it too, because they, like, it was right over, the airport was right there. So planes leaving and coming in could see it pretty good. So like in our hometown, a lot of people knew I wakeboarded because it was a pretty small town where I, where I was from. So not, a lot of people knew I rode and did all that. And they knew that we had that cable park and we just, they always were trying to like, hey, when's this going to open to the public? It's like, it's not <laughs> private. <laughs> it's for us. We man. would have our friends like come over and whatnot and do that. Um, okay. So private cable, before you got that cable, how much cable would you say you, you rode? I rode a lot actually. Like if I was going to try and learn a trick on the boat, I would go to the cable, learn it on the kicker and then try it the next day or whatever on the boat just to kind of get that air awareness of how it works without the burning of gas getting up. Get a feel for yeah, the handle. Yeah, because fuel is expensive in Australia. It's it? probably like eight bucks a gallon. Compared right. to, what is it here now, three, four? Three or four, yeah. Three okay, and a half. so twice as much. Yeah. And, it, and it was back then as well. Yeah, it was always, it wasn't like two bucks, but it was like, it was still, it was at the time here, it was like two bucks a gallon where we were paying like $1.50 a litre. Okay. So you times that by like three and a half or something. I don't know liters. I don't know how, what a liter is. Yeah, it's like, I think there's 3.73 liters to the gallon. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's a lot of liters to a gallon. That was a good quick math right yeah. there. That's impressive. Um, so what, what were the cable parks in Australia that you were going to? Um, so we, I was riding Bly Bly at the time. I was, I was competing. Liquid Force had a rail jam series and I was doing all that. So we'd, we'd do trips, go there, go to Cairns Wake Park, and then Penrith was the... And Logan. So it was, it was Logan, Bly Bly, Cairns, and then... Penrith opened up probably a couple of years after I started riding cable. Okay. So even though you had the private cable in your backyard, you're still like, I want to do the boat thing. Yeah, for sure. Why is that? I was better at boat. I, that's what I, that's all I knew. And the guys on the cable were so good and they would get so good every day they rode. Cause they could just go ride for hours and hours and you can't do that on the boat. You could ride for like a little bit. You get super tired, but it's also too expensive. Yeah, with you're limited, limited with what you yeah. can do, and and yeah. you probably didn't live super close to any of those cable parks. No, Penrith was two and a half hours. Okay, and then Bly Bly and Cairns, we had to fly because they were like ten. It'd be a ten hour drive. Okay. Do you think if you were closer to one of those cable parks, you would have pursued it way more than boat, or was it something about? I don't boat know. Really there was liked? just I, I. My parents are always into boats, so probably not. I probably would have always still still went with boats because that's just what they. Even when I was a young, like a baby, they took me on the boat. They like spending time yeah. on the boat. Yeah. Bring you along. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about 2014. You said 2014, kind of early 2015, maybe you're not really taking it that seriously. Mm-hmm. 2015, 2016. How does your regiment completely change going into that 2016 season? Um, you kind of touched on yeah, it. Yeah. I, I mean, I started working out a lot, eating, getting on a diet. I mean, I was like 220 pounds and I got down to like, 185 wow like that, that 185 i couldn't lose any more body fat i was like a rake and so i've always been pretty heavy compared to a lot of the other guys so i had to try a lot harder to do a lot of the tricks and then i was riding every day 6 30 and it was like sunrise i'd get up at five eat breakfast stretch and i'd treat it like it was kind of like an olympic sport like if you want to be the best you got to train yeah and at the time there wasn't like Dowdy was the only other guy doing that. So it was like me and Dowdy were one and two. 
everything, every stop there was. And then you kind of, you just kind of get into a routine and that becomes normal. Like I, there was times where I like my friends were going to the movies and I wouldn't go because I was like, if I want to be the best, I don't think I should go to the movies. You know, it was, it was, I was crazy. Yeah. You know, it was just, I was so obsessed with it that that's all I did. That's all I thought about. It's all I wanted to do. Complete lifestyle shift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and I met my wife at the time too. Well, she, she wasn't my wife, but she was my girlfriend at that time. <laughs> so she kind of, she was like there helping me. She, she'd drive the boat for me in the morning. If I rode bad, I blamed it on her. And of course, was, always blame yeah, the driver. Always. always there the was driver. multiple times where she said, I'm never, ever driving for you again. And there she was the next And morning. I was going to say, I bet she did yeah. drive for you again. So when did you meet your, your girlfriend then? Was that she the were, it was end of 2015. Okay. And then I, I had a girlfriend, I think at the time. Oh no, I'd just broken up with a girlfriend and I was like, I, I don't, Good timing. I'm, yeah, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm going back to Australia. And then that was kind of it. And then we kept talking when I went back to Australia. She booked a flight. She came over for Christmas. And then that was pretty much, all right, that's what we're doing. We're, we're dating. Yep. Okay. And so this is peak TI yeah. getting, yep. he's getting jacked. He's yep. waking getting up early. Yeah. Okay. And she's all about it. Yeah. She loved it. Okay. Yep. Sweet. Okay. So let's talk about that 2016 season then because you killed it. I mean, mm-hmm. 12 podiums, four wins. Yeah. Um, aside from the stuff on the water, what else do you think led to such a successful season in 2016 for you? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe 2015, I, I didn't make that much money because I wasn't riding that good. It's probably low on money. So I was like, I, I need to make some money here. So that was like, if I don't ride good, not that I don't eat, but I, I don't make any money. So yeah. if I'm going to go travel to these places, to Korea, spend all this money to go there, I may as well make it worth it. You got to do it. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. Um, so, are, are, this time are you spending six months in Australia, six months in America? Yeah. Or yeah. Orlando, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, where do you live in Orlando at this point? Have you bought a house? Are you ever So, my dad bought an investment property with one of his buddies over here that was on the lake. And we, it was me and Elliot Digney. I'm not sure if you heard of him, but yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a kid from Australia that used to ride a lot. And we kind of just rode and we had a, a couple of roommates to help pay for things and do all that. And um, yeah, it was on Lake Conway in Orlando. Here, he had a he had a G, and I, at the time I was with Mastercraft in 2016, but that kind of finished in 2016, and I, and I joined with Nautique yeah. in 2017. So the 2017 season, we had two Gs at the dock and just riding all day. Just ripping. I think between both boats, we probably put maybe 600 hours on each one of them through the Sheesh. just over four four months just riding. Yeah. Just nonstop because we had same thing as what was like at Harley's. If you weren't there in the morning to kind of, I'm here to ride. You weren't you weren't riding. If you're not first so on the dock, you're yeah. gonna get left behind. Yeah. Okay. So let's. I think this is a good time to talk about Mastercraft. So you started riding behind a Mastercraft early, yeah. like you said, the X Star. Um, were you you were officially on their team? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had a contract with them. I was getting paid by them. Okay. And, and yeah. Did you have a boat in Australia and America? How's like how's I, that work? Oh, well, my dad had the boat in Australia, and then I was getting a boat here for three years, I think. Okay. I don't know, four years. Four years yeah, with them. Four years, yeah. Pretty much under contract for four years with them. And why did that come to an end? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like me, it was funny because me and my dad, we, I had the good season in 2016, and then the team manager called and he was like, "Hey, we we need to have a talk." And me and my dad were like thinking, "Yeah." We're gonna get a good contract here. We just had the best time of our uh, best year of your yeah, life. Yeah, we killed it. Yeah, and then 
we get there and they're like, oh, we're kind of going in a different direction. We're happy to keep you on the contract, but the same as what you are. If you don't want to do it, we understand, but we're kind of just doing our own thing. And then that's when Surf Expo was at the time. My dad was good buddies with the Nautique guys and kind of just talked to them, put some feelers out, and they were stoked and said, yep, let's do it. Okay, so Mastercraft didn't say, hey, we're done. They're like, no. we're not just... You had a killer year, but that's maybe yeah. not what we're looking for. Yeah. And, th- and they said, go go to Expo and see kind of what's out there. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so they, were, they were good about it. No yeah. bad blood or no. anything. It was just... Okay, so then you start talking to Nautique. Yeah. What's that, what's that look like? How's that? Um, pretty progress? much immediately, they're like, yep, let's do it. Start in January 2017, and you get a contract, you get a boat. Uh, just kind of curious. That, like, So you're on Mastercraft. They're like, hey, we're going to go in a different direction. Yeah. You go to Nautique. Do you... You bring like no, no, I no, I didn't do that. I think um, a lot of people did, but I don't think it matters. Like that's what people always think that like, if you're going to get sponsored by a company like that, like you're not going to go there saying, "Hey, this is what I can do." They know what you can do. They're either going to say yes or no. Yeah, you, you're not going to really sell on their it. minds. Yeah. Pretty much made up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you talk to them. I guess how's that progressed from like at Surf Expo to okay, hey, you get a boat. Kind of um well i got put on a i think a three-year deal straight away so that was good for good for me kind of locked in there um and then i get to the first year they kind of give me one of the, the photo boats they, yeah. that they kind of do the photo shoots with and all that and then i get to order my own boat and then that i got that the next year with all my own colors and all that sort of stuff okay so you can customize the yeah and it's a bit different now because like People, so many people want these boats, so it's hard to be like, hey, go make your own boat and we'll make it for you. So yeah, it's like we'll kind of like, here, yeah, this is available, you want this? I'm like, yep, not yeah, going to say no. I'm not picky about yeah. it, you know, however much this boat is. Yeah. So um, what's better, an American summer or an Australian summer? It depends. Um, Australia is good for different... I think the lifestyle in Australia is, is better, whereas like, like around Christmas time, every working class guy in Australia will take six weeks off and not answer their phone and just go on like not vacation but just I'm not working for six well it's not six weeks probably like three or four weeks through through it's like holidays. it's like just before Christmas to two weeks after Christmas and they huh. do that whereas I notice like kind of here you Christmas is over Monday back to work it's like the holidays come and go so quick and also that time of year in australia is summer so everyone's at the beach they're getting out and about doing all the fun going on the boat doing all that stuff sort of stuff okay so australia is maybe a little bit better yeah i think i think so (laughs) but for what i do you can't be like i'm a wakeboarder you have to be in america yeah it's just not going to work being in australia i think people have tried that and realized it doesn't work Who, who do you think i mean uh i mean i off the top of my head i don't know but i'm just people have tried to do i i think they've tried to do it where they they come over and just tr- come over for a contest, go home. Come over for a contest, go home. But they they just kind of you've got to be in the industry to yeah. keep your name relative. I think. And it's just too far. I feel yeah. like if if you're coming over for the contest season, just be here for the yeah. whole. You know, yeah, exactly. From late spring to early fall, like it, yeah. it's just like you said, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we got a Patreon question from Reed Hansen. Okay. Um, yeah. So those of you, if you want to ask questions to the guests, make sure you join that Patreon. I'll. Uh, I'll ask any questions that's appropriate, but this is a pretty good one from Reed. Um, he's wondering if you should have a world title from 2018 in Japan. <laughs> I think so. Let's I, dive I, into it. I, I want to dive into it. All right. So what was it? Japan 2018 Worlds. I 
I have the run of my life. I land two different doubles. I do a couple different nines, mode fives, go to do a big front to blind of the flats and have, have the ride of my life. And then Harley went out there and he rode good. He did like a double tantrum. I He did a heel seven when I did like a, a, a heel nine. We both grabbed him and then he had a fall on on a trick and then got up and did like a heel. Oh, that's when he did the heel seven, a chrome ob and a peat or crow five and a peat. So, and like, I thought there was, it was a no brainer. Like I mean, he easy. fell, so it's just he like fell, but even though he got up nine, and did four like, tricks, I still outmoded him, out doubled him, out spun him, you know. So I thought there's there's no way, easy. And then um, results come out in second. I protest. Not I, I, I was not that I was protesting, but I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. Like, what's the deal here? Are you going to change it? And they're like, oh, I think someone said he rode better. So one of the judges said he rode better. I'm like, no, he didn't. He had a fall. I, I mean, did you butt check anything? Was nothing. there like like I did? I couldn't have ridden any better. It's probably the best ride I've ever had in my career, and it was it was weird. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I guess how many judges were there? Three. Three judges. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So not. I mean, nothing to to Harley's. Yeah. No, nothing against Harley at all. It's it's we're competing. It's yeah. In wakeboarding, you got to not leave it up to the judges for sure. Because nine times out of ten, it's not going to go your way, and that's what I thought I did. I didn't think I, le- I left it up to the judges, but I guess I did. What was the attitude there? I mean, at the site, was it all like after your run and his run, everyone yeah. was like, congrats, Tony, like you killed yeah, it. Exactly. And even even when I was like, talk to him, people were yelling, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. That's not right. And they wouldn't change it? And it wouldn't change it. Uh, okay. So you got second, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you talk to Harley at all? Did you? Because you guys are. No. Kind of oh, yeah. I think he right? come up to me and even said, man, I thought you had it for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to take away your own win. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Like, interesting. And then, but the hard part was, I think that was a difference on maybe first overall in the World Series. So it, it ended up being like a lot, a, more implications. A, lot of, a lot of money just because of that, that they got it wrong. Wow. Yeah. Costing TI the bankroll. Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. Um, so I guess maybe this, this might roll right into it, but you've stopped competing. Um, it wasn't after that, but... Mm-hmm you have well i mean yeah I, I still compete but i'm just what i'm doing now i feel is taking over a lot more of my time to where i can't train like i used to and i still have i feel like i have more a more value to my sponsors now doing what i'm doing like selling boats for nautique when i go around and do camps with with people with that sort of thing i sell nautiques and g23s and paragons every time i do that so it's like I've seen people come into the industry, be at the top, have an injury, where'd they go? You know, and I, and I love wakeboarding and I wanted to still be in the industry. And we all know in wakeboarding, you're one injury away from being done. So I wanted to kind of, I didn't want to phase out, but I just wanted to kind of go into something naturally that I'm like, oh, I'm still in wakeboarding. I'm still in these guys' life. I'm still valued to my sponsors. I'm helping kids get better, helping people get better. And helping people love love the sport that I do. So let's talk about that transition cuz I mean you I would I would say maybe this is putting words in your mouth but you were a contest rider mm-hmm. like through and through like yeah. very much so contest oh. driven and then like you said you you're kind of tra- you transitioned out of it. What what's that transition like? It was mostly um man covid. It was what was it? I I I coached a lot before it but not to the extent that I did after it because I was still like coaching but I'd make sure I didn't do 
enough to where it jeopardized how much I could ride. Uh, that, was, that was still like at the top of my peak up until I think 20, yeah, 2020. Okay. When COVID hit. And then like we were getting emails from sponsors saying it's not looking good. This is like right at the start where no one knew what was going on. Salaries are going to have to get cut in half or put on hold. And I was like, all right, what am I going to do? I've got a house. I've got my wife. We've got to pay for things. And I I just naturally met so many people doing Nautique events, Dylan dealer events, and just kind of talking to them, say, hey, what are you guys doing for the summer? You know, I'm starting to do this. And I think on the in that 2020 summer, me and my wife went on the road for two months. Just we drove from Orlando to Georgia, North Carolina, Louisiana, Alabama, Texas, just coaching people. Like I'd be in one state, finish up on say a Tuesday afternoon and drive overnight to be somewhere else at seven in the morning to, to start like a new day with someone else. Wow. Yeah. So, and then word of mouth kind of everyone talks. And then the next year was even bigger. We did like three and a half, four months of doing that. And then I kind of got burnt out of being on the road. It was like driving overnight, doing that, not much getting, not getting much sleep. And then that was 20, that would have been 2021 was the last year. And then we, my wife felt pregnant. So that was kind of like, all right, we're having a baby this summer, so we can't really travel. Yeah. It was hard enough as it yeah. is just us two. This yeah. is out of the question. Yeah. Okay. So going to that 2020 year though, or I guess the spring of 2020, are you planning on doing the pro tour again, competing? Uh, yeah, I did. I did plan on doing the pro tour, but then they started doing these online events, which in 2020 was fine. We couldn't compete, but then they had just weird kind of criteria that didn't really align with what I was doing. How so? Like the, I'm not a less than five guy. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit that I'm not a less than five guy. And I, there's these guys doing these rewind 360s and I, I'm too big to do that that sort of stuff I can't spin one way and then go back the other way once I start going I'm gone and just keep going one way so momentum baby <laughs> yeah momentum once it gets started it goes <laughs> okay so um, so I guess if there was a tour that was in person like it was the previous year yeah you were planning on doing yeah yeah it I would have done it for sure and they didn't have any I don't think they had anything that 2020 year and then 2022 the world series stuff was back in person like they had all the events and it was fine but the pro tour or maybe it was 2021 the pro tour kept doing the, the online stuff and i was like i'm i'm doing this online stuff i'm paying these entry fees and i'm just not getting anywhere with it so i was like all right i might take a break and just do the world series stuff and then i spoke to the guys at nautique and said look i'm probably not going to do i'll still probably ride a couple of pro tours but i'm not going to do as much as I was, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. And everyone's like, on board. I said, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Love to hear that music yeah. to my ears, man. Okay. So I think that's really fascinating, though, that because you are or were, I guess, probably, I mean, one of the best mm -hmm. you could, if it was traditional style, you're, you're up there. Yeah. Your podium, like sure. you're, you're, you're in the mix every time. And for lack of better words, you kind of step away. Yeah. Right? Like a little bit, yeah. To, to do a different route. Um, I guess at any point in the past three years since you stepped away, have you ever been like, oh, maybe I should, you know? Yeah, a lot. Like if I if I went to a contest and didn't train and rode bad, like I'd go in and be like, oh, it is what it is. I'll just ride. Then I ride and ride bad. I'm like, man, what am I doing? I need to, I need to get back and, and train because I do miss winning. I do love winning, 
you know it's you get that feeling but then it's you've you've got a i've got a family now so you've got to you got to feed the family so there's a lot there's a lot to to a contest i mean you gotta be all in right for a contest season um so 2020 you do a little bit of co- I mean actually a lot sounds like mm-hmm. traveling 2021 you do the same thing are you yeah. just staying at hotels on the road like how's no I stay at these people's houses, stay at houses. If, if I didn't know them like if it was the first time I'd stay at a hotel but most of these people that kind of hire me to do that are like they're pretty awesome yeah. so we get along great well with you got people. probably a nice lake house yeah. extra room or we made a lot of a lot of good friends from it that we even if I'm not coaching and we talk on the phone do all that so sweet good. so family friends were you towing a boat around then or no no I was using their boat using their boats mm-hmm. okay um, and that's probably pretty fruitful, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, it it got us out of out of the crap during COVID, so kept us going, which is good. Okay, so how does this evolve from those first two years of driving around coaching to TI Wake Academy? Um, I mean, I, when you tell them we're, we're probably not going to do the tour this year, they're like, "Well, can we come down to Orlando and, and ride with you?" And you're like, "Yeah." And then more people kind of started doing that and doing that, and then I kind of built not build but i kind of coach a lot of people around the orlando area to to where i can keep pretty busy doing that through the week so that helps a lot so it was a natural evolution of getting more i don't want to use the word clients but Mm -hmm. people that that pay you to get coached and ride with you and it got to the point where you're probably like i kind of make a business out of this i guess put an official name to it is that yeah well well, that's what happened in i think yeah 2020 i was like there was a couple of contests i think there was still nationals and worlds in 2020 and i actually got second at nationals in 2020 but then i like that that was the only one event you're like well you can't live off one event that's just not going to work so then yeah you look at it you're like well this is doing pretty good for us maybe we just keep trying to push this and see where it takes us yeah because contest scene yeah. right now is yeah i gonna pay the bills yeah. even if i get a win yeah um so let's talk about coaching a little bit i i had tara make a sitch on and we talked a little bit about coaching because mm-hmm. she's been in it for a long time so i'm curious your takes on some of i guess just a lot of different questions i have about coaching um we can start with kind of the importance of fundamentals like, oh the, the most important part of wakeboarding because yes you can skip it you can learn all your base inverts or whatever and then as soon as you go to do like a back five or a back one or a chromo or something like that, if you don't have those fundamentals, it's all over. You've got to take 10 steps back, learn it, to then start going forward again. Very important. Yeah, super. I, I and I, I see a lot of people skip them too. Well, it's fun to skip them because you can do a flip. And yeah, like, exactly. Flip. Exactly. But you're kind of, sounds like shooting yourself in the foot a little mm-hmm. bit. When, and when I mean, for the average guy that just wants to go out in the weekend and impress his friends with a tantrum, fine, whatever. But if you're trying to make a career or just be a good rider, you have to learn them. So what are the fun fundamentals? Like toe side, handle position, board control, your edging. I mean, I can't stress enough about backside 180s too. I think that's the most important part because every trick from a base invert is a backside 180, you know, from your spins, from your toe five to your toe seven, back three to back five, tantrum to tantrum blind, all that sort of stuff. And it all comes down. If you can't do a backside 180, you will struggle with all that stuff. Yeah. Also, backside 180 is one of the best yeah. looking tricks. Anyways. And that's the thing. It's like I, I hated learning them when I was younger. And now it's like I start my set, do a big back one. I, that's what I love to do. It's yeah. fun. It's too fun, man. Yeah. It's the best. Um, so would you say, I guess like your, your coaching tree, I guess, would you say it's a lot of beginners, a lot of intermediates, a lot of advanced, or is it just a... a- uh, when I first started coaching, it was a lot of... 
I, I was like not beginners but people that knew how to ride but were trying to you know learn a wake jump learn a flip do that sort of stuff and then it's kind of kind of gotten into more of I still I still coach beginners and do all that a lot but it's a lot of uh, people that are competing now that are getting better trying to win world titles national titles all that okay who, who yeah. are some people that you're coaching right now uh, Kane Ward as a coach I, I mean he's mostly through the summer he doesn't ride too much in the winter um, Zach Miller Noah O'Brien Holly Walldrop um, there's, there's, there's a bunch of locals and a lot of people you know, like over in different states um, yeah so it's good Hudson Gentry he's, he's one that's killing it right now okay, too. So Zoe you- Carroll there's a lot I, and I, I don't want to name everyone because I know I'm going to forget <laughs> someone because there's a lot of them so sorry to well, you, just, you just rattled off quite yeah. a few so I think you're good yeah um so with those with those people though you're really getting into the weeds for lack of a better term in mm-hmm. terms of like really the nitty-gritty of yeah you're trying to land I don't know, back seven or whatever yeah. and mm-hmm. some pretty high level tricks but still doing kind of intro stuff yeah okay yeah. really run the gamut with everything um, yeah because I mean I, I was a beginner at one time too you know I know what it's like to be a beginner you love it so you want to give everyone the opportunity to ride get better so that's why I get like I, to watch Kane land a nine and then watching someone do their first weight jump. I get the same amount of joy from watching both those things happen. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause you see them stuck yeah. to, to do it. And that's really yeah. what is the best part. Okay. So what would you say on the beginner intermediate side of things is the most requested trick to learn? A Rayleigh probably. Superman. I want to learn a Rayleigh and I try and say, not yet. <laughs> if you're going to do it, don't do it with me. Cause I want them to learn a, a, a Rayleigh but most people that try it, like a, a Rayleigh, you've got to let it out. And it come, it pretty much comes back itself. But people will do a half Rayleigh, and then it doesn't want to come back. It still wants to go out, and that's when you can take bad crashes. Very bad. Yeah. So yeah. for someone who wants to learn a Rayleigh, like you said, one of the most requested tricks, what do you need to, need to at least have down before you try it? A super progressive edge. Like I mean, like on the cable, you've got to get super aggressive and edge away from the cable. It's pretty much the same on the boat. If you can get that edge down, you can do it wake to wake. You know, like I do a lot of wake to wake Rayleigh's just in demo rides that I'm doing because the wakes are so big it hurts going to the flats. <laughs> so I just go wake to wake. Um, and yeah, as long as you get that progressive edge down, it's not a hard trick. So you don't need to cut all the way out as far as you possibly no. can and haul ass in. No. You can. You can. I, I've done them to where I don't even get past the whitewash. It's just that edge at the end. It's like a flick. Yeah. And it flicks the board out. Similar to an air trick on mm-hmm. a cable. It's yeah, very similar. Same thing. Okay. I've never done one behind the boat. Just loading so. the line pretty much. Okay. So kind of speaking about important tricks, what are the most, you said backside 180, but what are the, some of the most important tricks to learn? Um, well, I spin, like spin, people don't like spinning, but I think spinning's pretty good because it, it builds handle control, builds air awareness, all that. I mean, a flip's pretty, it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy, but you can just kind of huck that and go. Whereas a spin, you've got to be a pretty good rider to be able to do a 360 or something like that. So spinning's a good one. You need to learn. Like a 360? Yeah, 360. Okay. Yeah, toe three. Because toe three is pretty hard. Most people skip that and go toe five. I was going to say. I think, I think I did when I was younger, and my, my dad was like, nope, step, step it back. <laughs> We're coming back. Yeah. Because you're probably, as a little kid, you're like, you're stoked. I did a toe five. Yeah. I did a 540. That's, yeah, exactly. I skipped the 360. Yeah. Well, 360 is harder. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. back up to the 360. Grab it. Um, okay. I was going to ask about the toe five versus the toe three, but that's set in stone. Toe five is easier than toe three. Uh, what what do you what do you like about coaching? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Of, uh, I just I just like watching people enjoy it, you know, because that's that's how I got into it. My parents loved being on the boat and having a good time. Watching the the parents in the boat with their kids that are learning, having so much fun, that's what makes me want to do it every time. 
just watching everyone have fun, do all that. And then when you get better, you you have more fun when you get better too. So yeah, I it's like kind of like a domino effect. Yeah, you you get sure. better, you want to get better, and it's yeah, yeah you get addicted probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel. What's the uh, what's the coolest place you've gotten to ride? Or your oh, favorite? There's a place in Australia called Yarrawonga, and it's the lake with all the trees. Oh, all the broken all the ones. Dead trees everywhere, and you look at it from the road, and you're like, "There's no way you could go in there." But there's actually it was a river and a town, and they flooded the town, so there's a channel through all those trees. Oh, it's not. It was a forest. Sorry, not a town. It was a forest, and they flooded the forest. I don't know why, but there's a river through it, so there's all channel, and you'll be going snake. And it'll probably to go from here to here. It'll probably take you an hour and a half because you got to come all the way back and snake all through the through the lake because there's just a river. So, I guess I, it's been in a, at least a couple of movies. Yeah. One was it in Defy or Prime? One Prime. Of the, Prime. Okay, I haven't watched it in forever. But so what, you have to drive a certain line, is what you're saying, and then it's like yeah. flooded on the sides. But you have to stay. So, yeah, this. there's like channel mark. It's like going through a channel from the beach or from the ocean. If you get off that channel, it's three feet deep, two feet deep, and okay. stumps. So you've got it. You you can't really go in there without knowing someone who lives there. Interesting. And then, and then once you go in there, you kind of figure it out. Just stay there, there, and there. But it's fine to ride in those. Yeah, areas. it's like thirty feet deep through there. Okay, and yeah. then the other spots is where you get Harley's boat yeah. on plane when it's nice and shallow. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was on Jessamine, but yes, <laughs> but there's no stumps on Jessamine too. You would have found him in Harley's oh, boat, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So, would you say that's your favorite place, coolest place to ride? Yeah, it, def- it definitely coolest because it doesn't get dark there till like nine o'clock, so you can be out there sunset riding, and it's just the craziest, awesome sunset over the sticks. All that. Can you jib the stumps a little bit too? You can. There's a couple that are like close to the river. That sounds river fun. Bank. Sounds like a lot of fun. All right, let's uh, let's power rank these five water sports: wakeboarding, mm-hmm. underwater rugby, which is a thing, swivel skiing, wake surfing, and wake foiling. Wakeboarding first, and then I've never seen underwater rugby, but I assume that's pretty hard. Is rugby pretty big in Australia? Yeah, it's huge. Okay. So underwater yeah. is probably at least. Yeah. Um, so we'll go that with power sports. Is that like the hardest or what I think is the coolest? What do you think is the coolest? Oh, or foil. I love foiling. Foil so too? Foil, foil's got to go second. Okay. Yeah. A yeah. loyal guy. I'm actually uh, in the new slingshot uh, promo video foiling. So, wow. So be, on the, be on the lookout Big there. foil guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Foil too. And then uh, rugby, underwater rugby, wake surfing, swivel ski. Okay. Wake surfing four, swivel skiing five. Yeah. You ever gone swivel skiing? Never. Yeah, me neither. Seen it. See, <laughs> see a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people. I've seen it at ski shows. Seen it enough. Yeah. Seen enough, it enough to like, know you don't sweet. need to do it. Yeah, I'm good. Except for four. Okay, I like it. Uh, I think we should talk about some sponsors. So we talked about Liquid Force um, moving to Connolly. Um, and you had a pro model with Connolly, right? Yeah. And then you didn't. So, yes. Well, it, it was Trevor Hansen's board, which which is kind of a bit of controversy too, because the contract that I got said you'll get you're gonna get to ride a board, whatever, and a check first year. Second year you get your name on a board that's already in the line, and third year you get a pro model. Well, second year I got my name on a board, and it was Trevor Hansen's board, and Trevor didn't know nothing about it. <laughs> so, and that was awkward for me because I didn't know he didn't know. So I was like, oh, well, that's awkward. This is the same board, but it's got my name on it that you designed. Meaning they took his name off for you both now? No, I ha- it was like an Australian model for me. Okay. But I don't think they, I don't know, but I'm guessing they probably didn't. I didn't get royalties on it at all. 
because I guess technically it wasn't my pro model. It was just a graphic with my name on it. There, so I it was, mean, there's a lot of gray area in the whole thing. But it was but, a little sneaky, kind of like we'll put your name on it, but yeah. we're not going to do royalties. It's not going to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So third year though, then. Third year, I, I still didn't get a pro model, but I kept my name on that, on Trevor's board with a different graphic. And then I think that graphic stayed for two years and then they took it off the line. Maybe it didn't sell. I don't know. They probably didn't market it because it was mostly an Australian market. Mm. And then I rode the, it was called the Reverb and I love that board. And I rode that for a long time. And I actually, I went through a phase where I was breaking a lot of boards because I was riding a, four, a 141 because I just refused to ride a 146. It's like, I, how can I do the spins and the flips that I'm doing on a 146? So there was times where I, I broke a board every second set. No shit. Not just on, on, on something that shouldn't break, you know? So then they had it end up making me double glass boards. Well, not, I don't know if they were double glass, but they were just extra glassed and more durable. And I was good after that. Okay. But they were heavy, super heavy. <laughs> you probably could have just gone with the 146. Yeah, probably, you're probably right. <laughs> a little more service area. Yeah. Okay, so you got a pro model mm-hmm. after it wasn't that third year. Yeah. Uh, no, I did. I never ended up getting the... I never got to design a board with Connolly. You just got your name on Yeah. Board. I mean, they... they Knew I liked riding the what I saw the reverb. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of like if they wanted to make some changes, they'd ask me what it needs. Kind of that. that Did you make any changes to it? Or it was was pretty good. It It was it was dialed. Okay, so it wasn't like you like had this board you really wanted to create. You were riding one you really loved and yeah had a pro model. So what? Why does the pro model go away? Good question. I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. Like it. I think it was after that twenty fifth. You know that twenty fifteen season I was talking about. My contract with them, like, cause I, it, that was my fourth year with them. So it was, it was up, my salary went up, salary went up. And then I had that 2015 year and it went down and I was like, oh, I must've done something bad. And then I, uh, not something bad, but I just, I wasn't competing like I was the previous years. So then that's when I think I started being like, all right, I got to get into this. Got to start training. Okay. Start treating it like it's a profession. And you're still on Connolly though at that, mm-hmm. that time? Yep. And does your salary go back up for 2016, 2017? Uh, I think 2017, it went back up. Maybe, I don't know, I think maybe I got an offer from someone else and they wanted to keep me on, so they bumped it up a bit. Okay. Yeah. What were the, did you ever get royalties from, from Con- the boards? Uh, not from Connolly, no. Okay, but even no. though you still had the your name on the board? No, you, I never It did. was just flat salary? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How much were we talking? Uh, the first year was, I think, 500. I think it might have gone to maybe 15 or 500 a month and maybe 1500 and then the third year i think i was on i I can't exactly remember but maybe like two or 2500 maybe okay i think so it was was, i think i was only i think i was 16 so i was i was was doing all right for a 16 year old did and did you just have the board did you have any boots or vests with them i guess you're probably on jet pilots yeah i was jet pilot okay um let's talk about so you you kind of lost the pro model for whatever reason yeah um and then What's the next progression when it comes to board sponsors after that? Um, so I was still with Connolly and then I actually got approached by a company called Job and they threw a ridiculous number at me and I was like, well, but I was like, do I want to ride for Job? And then, so I went back to Connolly and they didn't want to let me go. So then they said, here, here's some more money to stay. And then I told Job, I, look, I, I'm going to stay with Connolly. And they were like, nope, here you go. Here's more money. 
and it was like a, it was a long-term contract with job too so like the job contract was good i i got just for posting stuff on instagram they'd give me like a five grand bonus at the end of the year travel bonus it, it was it was crazy so they were throwing yeah they, the were, they, were, they were throwing good money at it yeah so you were which was weird because i i didn't understand they didn't sell in america they weren't allowed to sell boards in america why are they sponsoring me but i was like if that's did, what you did want, they sell in australia i think they sell in australia but okay yeah. but they're not i feel like they're uk right yeah oh, Am- they're from netherlands okay yeah so but they're that's their main area yeah right? and the cable they're in the cable but i guess they wanted to try out a boat something for the boat and realized they didn't sell boat boards in the netherlands so, so how long a long-term contract how long was that i think it was like four years maybe not long term but it was like it wasn't a, a year deal and i mean every contract's got their things in there where they can break it at any time and um we'll come back to that but i was i was at a regatta a, a nautique regatta and i was just talking with jeff mckee just about the whole situation like i do so much travel and i i can sell their product for them while i travel to these people's houses but they can't get me boards to do that because they're not allowed to sell in america and i didn't get it and then they job changed management somewhere in management and the guy that i was dealing with went to a different area of the company and then right at that same time mckee called me he was like hey how does your contract look with job i was just thinking about what we we're talking about a couple of months ago and at the time it was it was still there but i i knew there was some changes going so i was like kind of talking to mckee seeing what what was going on and mckee offered me a deal and then and they called me not long after said we're probably gonna have to let all this go so it was like just time a timing thing perfect timing mm-hmm. with job that's so fascinating that that makes zero sense like you said complete, to have- complete no sense and i didn't get it but if someone's gonna give you money to do to just do what you're already doing yeah fine okay i mean they they might see something that you don't yeah. see it's but hey whatever dude like if yeah. you're gonna pay me money to ride my wake ride your wakeboard yeah and yeah. i mean how was the boards did you like the boards uh i wrote a couple boards and i was like what have i done i, ca- I cannot not like ride them. this and i actually rode Connolly boots the whole time i was with job because i felt like i was going to break my ankles in the boots yeah. <laughs> they were that bad yeah but i mean they just they, they were fine boots but I like my boots like tied around because yeah. I've had ankle issues. I can't have any movement. So, and I was just moving around like they were sloppy shoes, you know? Yeah. So I just rode the boots that I liked and yeah. They didn't really notice or care. No, no. I, but I told them, I said, look, we need to change these boots and they changed some boots, but they still weren't, they still weren't great. Okay. Yeah. Interesting job. I didn't, uh, yeah. That's So how does your contract, they just, they just call you and they're like, Hey, we're, totally changing what we're doing yeah well i mean it, you can always feel that call when you get it like kind of like try and steer around it steer around it and i was like all right is, is it is this what's going on just give and it like, yeah i'm i'm going to a different department he's handling it and he already wants to drop it drop the whole thing okay and i was like well thank you i appreciate it. and they and they owed me some money and the guy i was dealing with said look i'm gonna pay you for for the the end of the year and or, or not the end of the year the end i think the contract was up in like no, it was a weird contract. It was like November to October. So they, and I think this was maybe in September or something. We'll, okay. we'll pay you the extra month. We'll pay your, your, all your, uh, photo on media incentives, travel incentives and all that. Okay. Yep. So they, 
or good on their yeah. you know their yeah the, and I mean stuff, they, they, were, they were great with that yeah but they did drop their whole team they don't have a team still and I remember we don't John like Dryling kind of like texted me he was like hey are you on Job like what's the deal because I think he just had the same issue yeah. and he and he didn't say like be careful but he was like oh that's weird I'm surprised because of what they've done in the past weird what do you what do you mean surprised like, by what John Dryling like surprised they put on a boat rider oh, or okay. or just anyone in the states right now because there was a I, I can't remember but i know john was with job and there was a couple others and they just dropped it completely out of nowhere just yeah. dropped the whole the whole thing yeah interesting and i still to this day i don't think they have a team like i know they make no, boards and, yeah. and stuff but they don't have yeah. a team which i know a kid that was riding job in uh, in the uk and I, I saw an instagram post and he wasn't riding it now so Maybe they they dropped all that too because he was he was writing for him too. Yeah, I went on their website before this interview just because I wanted to, to fact check, and they don't have a team, so mm. we don't like that in wakeboarding. You got to have a team, you got to support the yeah. riders. So maybe maybe stay away from the Joe product nowadays. <laughs> but back then, when they were sporting yeah. Ti with the with the bag, I mean, yeah. <laughs> buy a board. Good. Uh, were you ever on Skull Candy? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I but thought I saw a Skull Candy sticker on one of your boards back in the day. I had Smith. So in Australia, the Smith distributor was distributing Skull Candy. Gotcha. So maybe I got a couple of pairs of headphones from him or something. That yeah. Probably just given. Skull given Candy to. was cool back then. Yeah, though. for sure. They were super cool. Uh, we can talk about Slingshot in a little bit because mm-hmm. I feel like that's a more recent mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, Rockstar. You're on Rockstar, right? A long time, actually. So I did, in my hometown, they had like this Newcastle. It was called the Newcastle Show. And it was like a fair. It was like a you go to your local fair and there was rides and horse rides and there's a bunch of locals who set up a pool and a rail and rockstar was maybe and they had motocross freestyle stuff so that rockstar team was probably there and they see and i i rode in the the rail thing and i might have been like 12 or 13 at this time at this point and they wanted to sponsor me but they couldn't because i think i was too young but they would they wanted to support me so they would give me hats kind of if they had signings at at a surf shop or something i'd go do some signings there and then once i started coming over to the states i got introduced to the to the guys over here and that's when i got a contract and they were they were like getting into wake i think at the or they were already in wake but they were like full expanding a little bit yeah okay and th- then they signed a lot of ri- like i was with them pretty early and then they signed a, a ton of riders not long after so how's that work with you since you're Australian and, you know, spending time in Australia and America? Are you signed to like a different team? No, I was with the U.S. team. You're with the U.S. Yeah, team. Yeah. Okay. But at the time I was just, oh, when I was younger, I was just, I just knew the Australian guys. Okay. And then they introduced me to the, to the U.S. guys. So you signed with Rockstar pretty young. How does that relationship evolve? Like, I guess as you do better, do you renegotiate? Like with, um, I'm super fascinated because you're with them for a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. It's with these companies they already know what they're going to pay you so okay. it's not you kind of just like this is when you get what you're going to get paid and you're like all right you already know what you're going to pay yeah. me you're not going to go up up or from that so you just kind of say sweet sounds good and um but yeah just compete they were in the pro they were sponsoring the pro tour the world series and i was doing good at those events so they liked that and then they had good like uh podium incentives too and i was okay. on the podium a lot so that helped out a lot yeah so like matching podium winnings not matching like definitely not okay. but like maybe like a thousand bucks for a third two three something i think that's what it was for like thousand, a pro contest you would yeah two grand then three grand for a first okay yeah so you i guess i talked to a couple of rockstar riders and the, the story seems pretty similar to, you know 
they kind of sold, changed hands, everything yeah. changed. And they yeah. were like, hey, we're going to be cut some stuff. Is that yeah. kind of and, what you experienced? And I, I think I stayed with them like kind of longer because they had a relationship with Nautique. So they supported the Nautique guys because I think, because they were so involved in the Nautique wake series. So I stayed with them up until the end of 2021, I think. So I was with them for a while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how's that, I guess when it does end, how's that look? What's that look it like? was the year that they pulled out of completely, completely. Yeah. So it was like, I kind of already knew because Nautique already said that they weren't supporting the world series anymore. So I was like, well, if they're not supporting that, then I'm, I'll probably get let let go as well, and that's pretty much what happened. I don't. Yeah, I think I got a call saying, "Thanks for everything you've done. It's been great, and the the companies, we're just yeah, we're just doing something else, going in a different direction. No more wakeboarding. Bummer for sure. I, I mean, is that kind of a bummer to? Yeah, I mean, see it was awesome. Unfold? It was an awesome uh, sponsorship because you tell people I always ask you who you're sponsored by. You tell them Rockstar. Everyone knows Rockstar. Yeah. So they're like, oh, no way, you sponsored by Rockstar. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's not a wakeboarding. Yeah. It's like you see it in yeah. every gas station everywhere. People yeah. can understand exactly yeah. what, what a Rockstar, or Red Bull, or any monster athlete is. Yeah. You know, you're an action sports athlete. Yeah, like. exactly. Um, so with Rockstar, what are your obligations, I guess? Two posts a month. <laughs> Two canned for and, and some months I was bad about it. <laughs> I, got a, I got a couple of texts like, hey, it's a thirty. It's a thirtieth. You've got to post something, and I was like, and I go look back. I'm like, I thought I did, and I'm like, I only posted once this month, but it was that's pretty much it. Ride, compete, and post your two your two rock star can photos stickers on the board. Stickers, yep. Okay, and you got to wear a hat. They in the contract it said we own your head, so you had to wear a hat anywhere you were getting a photo. Hat, taken. helmet, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think 2014 was the last year they did rails. So. I think, I think 2000 and yeah, that 14 or 15 is kind of when Rockstar was like, well, these guys aren't wearing helmets anymore. We're not getting much, not as much publicity out of it. Yeah. So maybe that had some time, like a chance to kind of change their mind a little bit, but it was the, the ownership was the big thing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense with Cause, the helmets. Yeah. Cause I mean, like if you're not wearing a helmet or you see, sees a sticker, but if someone's wearing a helmet that's on the camera you know yeah like the red bull helmets yeah. stick out very much sure. but a sticker on a board it's kind of lopped in it with a bunch of other in. stickers yeah. and yeah you don't see it when you're riding mm. so. i mean rockstar you could you could definitely see it but you still had to look for it for sure whereas a helmet two big star yellow stars everyone's seen that yeah for sure um so with the stickers i'm i'm this might be a, a dumb question but i'm fascinated with placement or was anybody ever like so you got a boat sponsor you got a energy drink you got jet pilot you got a couple different sponsors mm-hmm. is anyone like hey our sticker needs to go at the top of the board or um no i think rockstar i, I mean actually yeah and like nautique has their their two spots that we have to put it tip and tail it doesn't matter where on the tip and tail but it has to be tip and tail and then rockstar was the same it was tip and tail so i just did nautique rockstar and, and do they then, send you stickers of yeah, yeah certain size yeah i mean they were, they were kind of all the same size but okay. i'll like i try and shape it to make it look a little better like cut a little bit of a star off here so it kind of blends in with the nose of the board yeah and um, yeah, same with Nautique. If it goes over the corner, I kind of just file it off and make it look a bit better. Yeah. Okay. I, I was I was yeah. I was always curious about that. Yeah. Um. So Jet Pilot, you signed super young. It was yeah. one of your first sponsors. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you're not with them anymore. No. So that was that was a whole part with Job too. Is I had to if I was going to Job, that was their competition. 
So they were like, I approached Jet Pilot and we just did, I think they just released a new jacket of mine, a pro model jacket. And they said, well, we cannot let you go. You, ha you have to stay with us for another like eight months or something. Because in Australia, their contracts were different too. Their contracts are 1st of July to 31st of June. So totally they were different like, seasons, yeah. yeah. So they were like, 31st of June, you're free to do whatever you want. And I told Job that I can't go from Jetpile and they're like, oh, it's going to be hard, but we'll, we'll let you do that for six months. That's fine. And okay. Then, yeah. So it, it had to come to an end with yeah. your Job deal. Yeah. Interesting. Makes sense. Um, okay. So let's, I think Slingshot's a good, good time to kind of finish up on the sponsorship talk things here. So you said, sounds like you already ran through it a little bit with you're on Job coming to an end, talking yeah. to Jeff a little bit. So at that point in time, who's on the slingshot team that rides behind the boat? Uh, no one really. Like Dil Dylan. Dylan rides a little bit of boat, but he's not like a boat rider. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and that's, I think they, they knew that they made great boards and they knew they could make boards to compete with the top high end quality boards that are already out there now. And so they wanted to kind of break into that market of, of we don't just do cable, we do boat as well. And that's when they got me on board to create the board that I'm riding now. Which is the the POP, and it's, it, and the, the name comes from how it takes off the wake. Like the first time I rode that board, I was like, "Are you serious?" Like it just snapped straight off the wake. So did you help design this board at all? Or yeah, yeah, did? that was well. I mean, they they had a prototype. Like as I come onto the team, they already had like a prototype made, and they kind of got me to ride it. And they're like, "What changes does it need?" And it wasn't much. It was like a little stiffness here, a little stiffness there, a little bit looser. And then over time, we've kind of like, you know, what, what people have wanted or what people have said about the board, we've kind of changed and put into the board to help it. But it's been pretty good. Like I mean, it? really good from the get-go, yeah. Okay. Because there's not many boards I ride where I like feel like, oh, wow, this is, this is the one. You feel at yeah, home right yeah, away. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think actually the first time I rode it, I was riding with Bet Gange. Yeah? Yeah. I fell first trick because I, I did like, I, first time riding the board, I just went to a Crow 5 first trick straight out to the flats and dropped out of it i was like finished the trick and i still had like a, a foot or two of air so over rotated and then i probably had the best set of my life wow yeah because you had to get used to it a little yeah bit right. but like I, I went in did the crow five when did i think three doubles nines all that so i was like yeah this is pretty sweet okay before we get into your board setup um i got i guess if you were to let's say pro tour starts the spring mm -hmm. first stop you jump in there how are you doing it depends on how much I train. I, I think if I rode every day, twice a day, went back to 2016 me, I could I could make a few podiums, I think, for sure. Yeah. I could make the finals pretty easy every time. Not I wouldn't say easy, but it. I was consistent back then because I would ride so much. And if there was a trick that I couldn't land, I didn't stop trying or doing it until it was dialed. If, if, if I had to ride four times that day to get that trick dialed, that's what I did. And there, there was maybe one contest in that 2016 season that I like had a, had a bad fall. Or no, like just fell and, and didn't do anything. Yeah. But other than that, it was consistency. So if I can get back to that consistency, I think I can, I can be up there. Okay. I probably so you, have to learn a couple of tricks, maybe a, a rewind or something. <laughs> we'll see what the judging criteria yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, yeah, let's talk about your, uh, your rope length, speed, board size, stance, just kind of everything when you go take a set. What, what's that? Uh, I ride 75 at 22.6, 22.6 mile an hour. 
22.6. Um, it's a 141 POP slingshot. And yes, I could probably ride a bigger one, but I haven't yet. <laughs> and one in with my stance. One in. Okay. Yeah. What are the, what, what angles you got? Uh, I don't know what the angles are. Like the slingshot boots are like one, two, three, four, five. And I just put them on there and yep, that feels good. feels good. And then I just, once I've been on there for a while, I know that where the wear marks are. So when I put on a new board or something different, I go to those wear marks. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of ducks though. Would you, I mean, if you had a guess. It, what I you know say? when I was riding a board that had, or boots that had um, degrees, I think it was like 12 and 12, like pretty neutral. Pretty standard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the POP stand for? Is there uh, n- nothing, just POP. I think it stands for pop, but. Pretty overpowered pop. Yeah, pretty overpowered. Plenty of pop. <laughs> Plenty of pop. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I like that. Uh, speaking of contests, so what, what contest you said you're not completely out of competing? What contest do you still do these um, days? I, I, I did uh, Moomba this year, made the finals at Moomba. Did well. I did Masters. Uh, I think I, I got like fifth. At my, I, had a, I think I had a good ride there, but Masters is always hard because there's like two heats of, I think, five riders. And they take top two from each heat. So it's you like, do well. Yeah. And I got fifth. So I got third in the heat. Um, nationals, I did not do good at. I think I had a really tough heat and Finn Bullock went out there and did a toe 10. Like, and I was like, well, I might as well go down dry. And I, I tried a double first trick, slipped the grab because I tried so hard, landed on my head. And then, I mean, I, I did not bad on the way. I did maybe a nine, a couple of mob fives. And, but it, it just wasn't enough. Wasn't enough to get it done. No, it wasn't so enough. A, f- a few contests, probably mostly Nautique ones. Like- yeah, I do all the Nautique stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, because I mean that's the World Series now. It's the four Nautique events, so I just do that. Yeah, and you're you plan on doing that yeah, again this for coming, sure, for coming sure. season. And uh, yeah, if I, I mean, I do want to start riding a lot more, so I'd love to do more pro tours. But I'm not going to go and step in there if I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah for know? sure. So, and it, it's going to take a lot of time. You know, there's. These guys are doing some pretty big tricks now. Definitely. It's cool, it's cool to watch. Um, you ever just get the urge to hit some rails? Yeah. And, do. What, and what do you and do about the urge? I go to OWC and ride for 10 minutes and realize, wow, I'm really bad at this. And I'm good. <laughs> the urge <laughs> is gone. But I mean, I used to be good at riding rails. Like I would do well in all those rail series stops. And then I just, I think I was riding a lot of cable up until that 2016 season. And then I was like, I don't want to get hurt riding cable. So I'm just going to, if I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to be doing it training, yeah. riding the boat. So I like just anything that could happen. I just got it, got it, got rid of it and just did what I was focused on doing. You ever been to Valdosta? I have. I have. You have? Yep. yep. When? This is actually in 2018. A, a bunch of us did a road trip up there. I've actually got a, a little edit on my uh, Instagram. I did a nose grab back nine off that kicker actually. Okay, actually, I think this is coming back. Yeah, did a, I did a hill, a, a cab nine into their pool. Yep. And then some very mediocre rail hits. <laughs> Fun, But place, that man. was awesome. But I know one of my buddies, Louis Watt, he, he's pretty good on the cable, and he went up there and nearly broke his, himself in that pool. Because I think he was trying to do some jib, and I, I don't know if they still got that pipe at the end of the pool, but he's not, his board went through the pipe and just ate it under the, under the pipe. I mean, it's definitely not a not a all plastic unit feature yeah. park. You gotta like, be. Yeah, when I go to parks, I'm like, I, I can hit, I can do a lot of the hits. I'm not good at. It. I can't do four fifties on all that sort of stuff, but I can hit it. Whereas over there, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna hit that. 
That's I'll the fun I'll, part. Though. Yeah, I'll probably, that's why it's fun. I'll probably take take a chill pill on that one. So you don't ride much bike though? No, no. not really. Okay. Not really. I mean, I'd like I'd like to ride more, but I've just got so much going on in my life now that if I'm going to have a chance to ride, I'm going to ride boat. Yeah, it's, sure. it's right there. I live on the water. Boat's right there. It's easy. All right, let's uh, let's talk about. You had a, a video with Taylor Hanley. I don't remember what year this was. 2016. 20, it was 2016. Yeah. That was that season. Yeah. Okay. How many? Uh, it's called Groovy Tony. Mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself pretty groovy? Uh, that that year, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was groovy on the water, but I mean, no, other than being on the water, no. Okay. Um, so you ended, I, I believe you ended that with a 10, right? Yep. Toe 10. Did you have that pretty consistent before that video or? No, that was probably the, the fourth or fifth one I've landed. Um, and I wasn't actually filming with Taylor that day either. Really? Because it was like two days before we were like, all we need is a toe 10. And I tried and like just before I landed the toe 10, there was videos of me catching back edges, throwing my hands up in the air. Like, why can't I do it? And there was like two days of doing that. And then I went and filmed a rock star part with Aaron Rathy, landed at first go. And then I was, and I didn't want to ask the question. I was like, Rathy, can, can we use this for our groovy Tony video? And he was like, man, no, this is for Rockstar. But Rathy and Taylor were pretty good buddies. And I think there was a little bit of convincing there, but I got to use it. Okay. I was going to ask how many tries it was, but it sounds that, like... That was first go that day. But before but, those two days, oh, quite a few. Yeah, probably 20, okay. 20 or 30. But I had landed it before that. The first one I landed, like before I landed one, I probably would try one a set, kind of at the end to a set. And that was it. Do a good one, get in. But then I was like, all right, we're going out in the boat. I'm landing a 10. And I think I landed at third go. The first time you tried the it? The first time. The, okay. well, the set that I was like, I'm landing my first yeah. 10 today. And I think I did a third go. Really? The ones before that were kind of yeah. just, I'm going to get the spins around yeah. and call it a day. Okay. And I actually, before, I, I was never good at spinning toe side. I was better at spinning heel side. And I'd like rode away from a couple of heel 10s, but like pop the handle before I landed the toe 10. But it was just like, I had to cut so hard. And I'd land in the flats, and that's why I was like popping the handle. Where the toe ten, I wasn't as good, but it was a much easier landing. You probably spin it faster, yep. a lot faster. Yeah, but um, I, don't, I don't spin off axis either, so that makes it harder because everything off the top of the wake's got to be perfect. If you yeah. get a little like back foot heavy, your nose comes up, can't spin. It's over from the start. Yeah. Uh, so since you don't compete all that much anymore, but I mean you're busy with coaching and a bunch of other stuff. Any, any plans for another video part? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. See, um, that's what everybody who comes in here yeah. says. I'd love to. I mean, yeah, I've thought I've I've thought about a lot of things, but committed. <laughs> I've got to just commit it. Say, I've got to commit to it and say, yeah, let's do it. I've got to find someone who who'd be down to do that, and I'd need to I'd need to ride a lot more to be able to get myself into a into that shape of riding to be able to put something out there for people to to want to watch. How much would you say you ride like on an average? Oh, a month, probably, maybe. Oh, a month. 20, 15, 20 times. I still ride a lot. Okay, so but, almost but it's every like, day. It's just riding. You know, it's not like going out there and, and fall down, fall back, pass tricks, but fall on something, get up and do it three times. Yeah. You know, like when I, when I learned my first double half cab roll, I had like three or four weeks till the next event. And I was like, I'm going to land a hundred before the next event. And I got to like 88 or something like that, but it was dialed, you know? It was like that, that, that was probably the most consistent trick I could do. If I, if I had fallen and I need to get up and do something, I'd go and do a double half cab roll because I know I could land it. Wow. It's just like, repetition. 
It's like free throws. Yeah. Basketball, you wouldn't leave the gym before you shoot 100 yeah. free throws. <laughs> before you do 100 doubles. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, random question here. How many times has your Instagram account been hacked? Oh, I got hacked actually a couple of weeks ago. But before that was COVID. Like March of 2020, I woke up. I got up pretty early. I get up early every day, but my eyes like kind of looking at my phone and I looked through my emails and I got an email from Instagram saying, you you have copyright infringement on your Instagram. Come and correct, like click this button, correct it. I'm like five o'clock in the morning. Oh, crap, I don't want that to go away. So I go in there, put my username, password in and kind of probably put my phone down, go get a drink of water, come back, Instagram gone, Facebook gone, Twitter gone, everything gone. Or not, maybe not Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram for sure. And there was just no getting it back. And um, there was no one in the office at Facebook or Instagram because everyone was doing the whole work from home thing. So there's no one to call. So it was like three weeks of me trying to like, I'll give you what you want. What do you want? Give me my Instagram. You're talking to the dude. Yeah, like on my wife's, on my TIA Academy Instagram, I'm messaging him and he's laughing at me. He's like, ha ha, nothing you can do about it now. Send me... 500 bitcoin or something like that i'm like it's a it's an account with fifty five thousand followers what do you think it's worth like <laughs> it's not worth 500 bitcoins you idiot <laughs> so how'd you end up how'd you end up getting it back so i just i put on a thing on my tr wake page it said if anyone can help me who's been through this before just help me get this account back i need it and a guy i don't think I hadn't met him before and he messaged me on Facebook and he goes, I'm going to get your account back now. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's do it. He's motivated. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he went on there and pretended like, pretended like this is what he does for a business. He buys and sells hacked accounts. Once he gets the password, sends you the money. And he like made up fake things on accounts he's brought, invoices, sent it to the guy. Like you give me the account and password, I'll send you 500 or 1,000 or whatever it was. And the guy thought, oh, I might get a thousand bucks out of this. Yeah. So he did it. And as soon as he did it, he messaged me and goes, boom, you're in. Change your two-factor authentication and done. And he was locked out and that was it. Crazy. <laughs> the got the got or got got. Yeah, he got got. He got Love got. to see that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so then it got hacked recently again too? Well, it didn't get hacked, but someone made another one. Like oh, my, like an my, imposter. Yeah, and I was like... I I thought maybe it was the same guy who's who's been like there just waiting for the time to come back in and swoop. So I was like got a little nervous and put out a post, but I reported a few times. Got to nip that one in the bud if yeah. guys trying I to circle back. I haven't seen it since. Uh, you, you said you wake up early. How early do you wake up in the morning? Uh, well, this morning I was up at four fifteen. So it's okay, like okay. I mean, that's basically staying up. Well, the I whole go night. to bed at like eight o'clock at night. Eight. Th- I got a daughter that goes to bed at eight, so I just go to bed with her. Easy. That's before sunset almost. It was, Nowadays, it, now. it was a couple of months ago, but not now. Is that your usual routine? No, it's. I mean, like I'll watch TV till like eight, eight thirty, go to bed. But sometimes I just put on a movie and just go straight to sleep. I'm so tired. And you get up at yeah, for like I, I the gym I go to is like five a.m. class, so and it's twenty minutes away, so got to get up, so get you're mentally mo- prepared. Morning guy. Yeah, I love more. I don't really do a whole lot in the afternoon. I try not to do a whole lot in the afternoon. So what time would you say you kind of stop doing stuff? Ah. Uh, and probably like four o'clock maybe okay around there just chill out get eat ready to cool then... down yeah i eat dinner like probably know, seven six seven okay yeah wow 4 a.m yeah that's 
That's super early. But man. then sometimes I'll, I'll like a little sleep. But a sleeping for me is like 6.30. I'm like, yeah. So you're good. never up after sunrise. It's always before yeah, sunrise. Yeah, for sure. It's rarely that I'm up after it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How but much- I, I like having my time. You know, I get up in the morning, have coffee. My daughter's not crying. You do an ice plunge? Cold plunge? I have one. I've used it twice. But it's not a pl- It's just a an Amazon $100 like one. Or- yeah. And I realized that every time I take one, it costs me like 30 bucks in ice. So I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need you, it that in, bad. In Florida, you kind of have to have the one yeah. that just... I thought about getting a Yeti. Like Dowdy had a, a big Yeti back in the day, but he, I think it's like 1500 bucks now. Yeah. Something like that. Super I'm expensive. like, I don't need it that bad. That's a lot of $30 ice baths. <laughs> I don't know. Corey's, Corey Tunison's big into them, man. He's doing them yeah, twice but, a day, but it I seems mean, like. Yeah, you could get those. Um, a lot of people are going to get to Lowe's and just buying a deep freezer sealing it and doing that and i think you could probably do that for a couple hundred like yeah. five six hundred bucks it's probably be the, be the route to go yeah. shut it um what trick would you say took you the longest to learn um oh hillside double back roll yeah did not the longest but the most tries i bet it was over 100 tries and it was the same fall every time like no heel side nose edge to my left whole left side non-stop and it was probably yeah two or three weeks of the same fault bruise could like couldn't touch Ugh, my body yeah but i was like the reason i was like so determined to do it was i went to a contest and i had the best run like i couldn't have done anything any better and i'm like yeah let's go we're gonna get another win here and i got fourth i was like are you kidding me like that's the best i got and i get fourth and it's and it was like I think I rode before all the other guys, so I was like stoked, and that's what had, that run had won in years before. Yeah. So I was like, didn't know what the other guys were going to do, and they all had doubles, and it was first, second, third, fourth Tony with a stand-up run. <laughs> I was like, all right, I knew I needed the doubles. Here's the time. So I just went in and and just worked and did it. Just du- knocked. But the doubles one, out. once I landed one, I landed like three or four in a row. Like you just got to get that one down, and it was it was easy. Once you figure it out, you can nail it. But now it's still my hardest double to do. Like it's probably been a year since I've done a, a double back roll. Really? Heel side, yeah. It's uh, I'm not very good at them because it, it's really aggressive. Like it's real progressive edge. The guys I see now do it come in super hard, flatten off, square up, and flip like parallel with the boat. Where I was kind of like not end over end, but kind of in between Mexican and yeah. progressive. Because I feel like you watch Thomas Herman do them, and he's you yeah, know, so small easy. light guy. Yeah. But- I feel like yeah. he just flicks. He can just flick it around, no problem. Yeah. And he but double it. half cab roll and double toe back roll, I can flick around easy. Those are easy for you. No, I'm not easy, but I can. Compared they, to the they were back they roll. were easy, yeah. <laughs> but compared to the double back roll, yeah. So how yeah. often do you do doubles? Oh, every time I ride, I can still do it. But like, it might not be first go, second go. Some days it might be first go. Yeah. But I could still do them pretty easy. Still fun to do though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the wake's got to be like juiced up. Calm gri- water. Yeah, calm water. Okay. Or a headwind. I can't. I can only do it in a headwind. In a headwind, not a tailwind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, like, like if I'm coming this way, I need the wind coming at me that way. Because okay. I can cut hard and I know I'm not going to go to the flats. When I got a tailwind, mm. I like second guess my edge. Don't flick, land in the flats. Totally unpredictable. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um, how did you get your dog? Tika? Oh, yeah. Tika. She, so we're on our way to Masters in Georgia, Callaway Gardens. And my wife was on the phone driving. And dropped the phone, said, i got to go and pull. And I'm like sitting on my phone in the front seat. And she pulls into this parking lot. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are the cops? There's no cops. There's no lights. <laughs> and um, and she goes, no, there's a dog. And it was like, the dog was 
tiny, four weeks old. And we waited there for like 20, 30, 30 minutes. No one ever came and got her. So we put her in the car, took her to the vet. She was full of worms. So we dewormed her, did all that. And then my roommates are actually Elliot Digney. He was like, oh, that's, we seen it. We seen it first. It's our dog. And I'm like, you guys are going home. I'm, I'm staying here. Like, this is, we're going to keep the dog. But yeah. we lived in the same house. So it was like, it was it's like, our dog. yeah, it's yeah. our dog. And then um, they went home and we, we kind of kept the dog. We we're going to let it like, let it go, find it a home, but we loved it. Too much. What yeah. kind of dog is it? I have no idea. I think it's got lab in it for sure. How, how big is it now? Oh, uh, 30, 30 pounds, okay. maybe. It's not, it's like a, it's like a good size, probably like two feet high maybe okay i think good size dog yeah good size good dog, dog. not too, not too big not too small does uh tia come out on the boat yeah she does okay. she was in a lot of the nautique um magazines like okay the uh, media boats when they released like the new boats for the year she was on in 20 then 2019 boats okay. red g23 and a white and blue g25 she likes it yeah loves it love it all right let's talk about kind of nowadays like so what gets you stoked on wakeboarding I mean, obviously coaching helps get you, get you stoked, but like what, what do you see in the kind of wakeboarding that gets you stoked these days? Um, I know a lot of people have said it, but when off ditch rides, like that, that's new. Like I, I've watched him ride a lot and I feel like it's only this year that I've seen him go like crazy to the flats. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I mean, I've listened to a lot of the other podcasts and they all say the same thing. That's like, a great answer though. You just yeah. can't go wrong with yeah. that one. Like Dean Smith, watching Dean ride. Unreal. Randall Harris. Randall like, Harris, Yeah. Because you, you just don't see that as much anymore. The wakes are so big. We don't need to cut as hard as we can to get extra time and go to the flats. But when you do. But when you do. It's special. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Okay, off. A- anything else? Any other riders get you stoked? Um, I like watching Tyler Hyam ride a lot. I, all, the, all those guys. Tyler, Luca. A lot of familiar guys. Yeah, yeah. Massey, unreal. Sam, I, I still like... like I've known Sam for a, a long time. Since he was eight, I've known him. And... He always has been like the same, just easygoing kid, doesn't say a whole lot. And then you go out and watch him ride and you're like, what, what was that? Where'd that come from? Yeah. You just don't expect it. You don't expect anything. And no. like some of the grabs and spins he does, you think he, that's what I love about watching some of these guys is like, especially Sam does a really good job of he'll take off and you think you yeah. know what he's going to do. Cause yep. a lot of the time you can tell what someone's going to do. Yeah. And then he does either an extra 180 or grabs it where you well, don't think you can like, grab it. Yeah. The other day he posted an Instagram story of him doing a chicken salad back mob seven. I'm like, people put time and effort into doing a video part as that's the ender. Yeah. And he does it so much that it's just, oh, I'm just going to upload it on my Instagram story. Like, that's what I mean. How crazy the tricks that he does. Yeah. And they're stacking for a movie right now. Yeah. So if that's what he's throwing on the exactly. Instagram story, man, can't imagine yeah. what we're going to see in the movie. Uh, I I think we did a pretty damn good job here, man. Is there anything yeah. else you want? To, anything no, else you want to touch on? Man. Talk about? I'm good. Just. Um, but you want to you want to thank? Uh, I want to thank my wife for supporting me all those early mornings. My my parents, my mom and dad for supporting me through taking me wakeboarding early mornings when it was cold when they had to go work and but they had to take me wakeboarding so. Everyone that's uh, helped me along the way, all my current sponsors, all my past sponsors for, for getting me where I am today. So thank you all. Absolutely. Love to see it. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on, Tony. This yes, was sir. a great time. I had a lot Good of fun. Job. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make yes, sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Give Tony a follow. Um, yeah, wrap it up, man. Thank yes, you so sir. much for coming no, on. Thank you. Thanks for watching.